Hello there. Thank you for tuning into this podcast from the Institute of Health Promotion and Education. My name is Robin Landsman. I'm an allied healthcare professional, and I'm having a chat actually with our um, trustees, fellow trustees uh, on the board, uh, to discuss their passions and interest in health promotion and education. And today, I'm delighted to say we've got Dr. Karen Neal, um, who is joining me, a trustee of the board. Um, hello, Karen. Hi, Robin. Good to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you as well. I was just going to ask you, um, just for the listeners, would you give us a just a little potted uh, history of your professional background before we go into some of the other topics? Just so we've got that. Yeah, sure. So I trained as a hospital pharmacist and then um, a medical researcher. And mm -hmm. I went to do some work in, in public health. I was particularly interested in illness that's caused by the side effects of medicines and how mm -hmm. that could be prevented. Um, okay. I also spent some time as a community pharmacist and teaching pharmacy undergraduates. And there was a light bulb moment, really realizing the impact of, of stress, on, stress on health and disease. Um, and that led me to train to teach mindfulness-based interventions and to specialize in mental health and health promotion as a pharmacist. Okay, so you've had quite an evolution in your career, sort of by experience and by connecting with various different steps along the way, it seems. Yes, it's been really interesting how it's gone from a very pure scientific beginning uh, to a more holistic um, approach to the work, looking at lifestyle and stress management um, and lots of different aspects to it. OK, and, and tell me, um, how is health promotion education part of your daily work now? So I, I generally offer um, courses, which can be one-to-one, -one, privately, online, or in, in the workplace, combining um, some education about how the body works and how to keep it healthy, um, bringing together the medical knowledge with mindfulness skills so people can be aware and more in, have more control over their own well-being and, and what they need as individuals to, to improve their well-being. Okay, and also, I mean, I think we had a chat earlier, but we were discussing that some of the people you actually work with are actually health professionals as well, rather than actually members of the community public as such. Yes, um, lots of different people come together, uh, basically as, as human beings, and that's a big part of the work to see that it's not just me, and that we all have similar difficulties, but with different stories. So mm -hmm. the private courses um, and some workplace courses in higher education attracts um, professionals and clinicians as well, yes. Okay, and obviously they can use what they learn within their sectors once they, when they connect actually with the public and with, with uh, their patient groups as well, I presume. Yeah, absolutely, and there are many examples of that. So from, you know, teachers um, being calmer in the classroom, helping the, the children to feel calm, because we, we do influence each other more than I think a lot of us realise. Uh, you know how stress is contagious as in as is you know feeling feeling calm um and you know doctors that have talked about um how helpful it's been um with anxious patients um that them just staying calm can really help a patient to to relax and to to settle and examples of blood pressure and pulse rates coming down in that situation Mm. Well, obviously, I mean, even hearing you speak about these topics, I can hear the, the passion in your voice kind of coming through, um, talking about, you know, what you're involved with. And uh, I mean, so what would you say you love most about health education um, in itself? 
it's seeing the difference in people um, as quality of life improves. I've worked with some people that have considerable difficulties in their life, particularly with with chronic illness, and that they can still uh, find a way to enjoy life and to move towards flourishing despite um, quite enormous difficulties. And I get to see them walking taller, smiling um, and feeling more empowered to improve their own well-being. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and there's, there's something about health promotion and health education. Some people use the terms interchangeably, but what would you say, um, well, how can you answer that? Are they interchangeable or are they kind of different terms, really? I think they're both very broad terms um, that overlap. And within health promotion, there is health education as one component um, of, of education. Um, mm -hmm. I think for me and the more I've done this work, I can really see that um, a, a significant part of health promotion is in this empowerment of, of people to make changes to improve their own health. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think what I was reading somewhere about the World Health Organization were mentioning something very similar some time ago. Yes, yeah, a definition along the lines of health promotion being a process of enabling people to increase control over and improve their health. Right, okay, so getting that control back and also about individualised care as well. Could you maybe just take us through that as well? Yeah, that's something I've become um, increasingly aware of as, as I've done the work of how different it can be of, you know, what's most needed by an individual. For one person, it might be to um, stop smoking, reduce alcohol intake for somebody else to become more active. And I think this type of work really helps to empower people to really engage with what they most need rather mm. than, you know, telling people or using fear-based um, health education. Um, I think this really helps to connect people of, you know, what do I need? What's going to help me to improve my health? Because there are mm -hmm. so many ways, aren't there, and different factors that contribute to well-being. Mm -hmm. It's very much finding something that fits the individual case as much as possible. Um, but mm. how does that cross over, do you think, with the digital age? Because there's an awful lot of digital apps and such things to help look after or look at or inspect or review your health. Um, how do you feel about that then in relation to what we've just been saying? Yeah, well, I, I think that can just really help people to take more personal responsibility and and hopefully will bring more of a shift to prevention with increased awareness and understanding of what's mm -hmm. happening in, you know, in your own body and your own health. Um, mm. so, you know, already things like smart watches, monitoring pulses and uh, so on. Um, and it mm. can also flag up warnings that something's not right, perhaps at an earlier stage than it would otherwise. So people can get help at an earlier stage of the disease processes. Because mm. obviously living with the unknown makes people anxious and becoming anxious doesn't help their health. So uh, being aware um, and understanding more sounds like a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. So that's well, that's listen, that's been really, really interesting, actually, to explore that with you. And um, so for now, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you, Karen, as well, for joining us on this podcast. And it's been a great introduction to what you do and how that relates to health promotion and education. So thank you. Thank you.